This series has been uh, on the mission that the church is supposed to have. Uh, God's mission for the church. We, we started with God's vision with last series, and, the, and God's vision is He's building a people so that, so that those who are far away from God can stream to God, can get to God. And we, as God's house, not the building as God's house, we have not come to God's house. Okay? We are God's house. God is building us into His house. We leave the door open for those far from God to be able to come and find Him, get their questions answered, uh, 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 seek Him out, and, and, and so that they can find out who God is. That is the mission of the church, according to God and His Word. And we're taking a look at how that played out through, the, uh, through, through Acts. We're hitting uh, seven highlights of the book of Acts. If you want to read the book of Acts, I highly encourage you to do that because there's incredible stories in the book of Acts. And, 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 and it's all based on what they were devoted to and, and how they lived their life. But today we're taking a look at a serving mission. If I ran a car like this up on the screen, get that picture up there. If I ran a car like this for a long period of time, what would happen? This would happen. Right? Right? Those of you Dylan Hart Jr. fans, I'm sorry, that's just a picture that came up, so you can get over it. Send your emails to Paul. Um, but if I overrun a car, if I overheat a car, if I send a car on the tachometer way too high for way too long, it burns up, right? Imagine this. Imagine this. When you read through Acts, you don't necessarily get this uh, picture, but, but connecting the dots a little bit with Acts, of reading it over and over and over, and being able to, 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 to finally kind of think through some stuff. Think about this. They started with 11 apostles, okay, because one hung himself after he betrayed Jesus. Then they brought in another one. They cast lots for another one, and they brought that number back up to 12. There's about 140 other disciples that followed Jesus that were kind of in that, that core group of people that followed Jesus. Jesus also appeared to 500 or around 500 total people, okay? Before he ascended, after he resurrected and before he ascended. Then the first time Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people got baptized. 3,000 people. Imagine that. Next week, first of all, 3,000 people show up to hear and then 3,000 people get baptized, all right? Imagine that, imagine that. Whew. But think about this. As Brian said last week, uh, uh, I think it was Acts chapter 4, that says that there were 5,000 men, they stopped counting everybody, 5,000 men that were a part of the church. So to be a little bit conservative, we're talking about one woman and one kid, which they had a bunch of kids back in that day, one woman and one kid with every man, which would make 15,000 people, right? Am I, am I working the math out right so far, okay? 15,000 people. And we're talking about months, maybe two years. Look, 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 imagine this, imagine this, imagine this. If next year at this time, we were running 15,000 people. It's exciting and scary all at the same time, right? Exciting to see God work in that way, but scary in that the pressure, the workload, what do we do with all these people, right? 
I mean, imagine that. This is what the apostles were experiencing at this time. Don't you think the pressure was a little bit overwhelming? They felt like they were kind of maxed out on their, on their tachometer. So how do they handle this? But also, in the middle of all this, problems came up, right? Logistical problems. Administrative problems came up. We learned about one of those in Acts chapter 6. And how they handled that, how they handled that, lets us know how we answer this one question. How do we serve for the long haul? See, the question of burnout has really come to my mind a lot lately. Not, okay, I'll be vulnerable, but not too vulnerable that I'm not thinking about that I'm burning out, all right? But you see this happen. You see this happen. Pastors burning out, pastors leaving the ministry, and, and, and people burning out of church, and, 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 and all this. But at the same time, Jesus said, I have come to give you abundant life, eternal life. We can, inter- we can translate that to say infinity life. So if Jesus said, I've come to give you infinity life, but people burn out, what's going on? What's the disconnect? And Jesus said, come to me and you'll find rest and you'll find an easy burden and your load is light. But at the same time, he says, take up your cross and follow me. And that the, the greatest among you will become the least and you'll serve. And Paul himself said, I have poured myself out, my life out as a drink offering. I have fought the fight. I have run the race. So how does that jive with in me you'll find rest? How does that all work? And how do we stay in this for the long haul? The answer to these questions we can find in Acts chapter 6. That's where we're going to be today. Acts chapter 6 starting in verse 1. Throw the scriptures up on the screen. You can find the event in the Bible app. Also, you can crack open a Bible. Imagine that, right? Imagine that. They still make those, PA. They still make them. You can go to a thing called a bookstore. They're not quite all dead. You can find one. Acts chapter 6. In those days... As the number of disciples was multiplying, another translation was, says multiplying greatly. I mean, 500 to 15,000, that, that would qualify as multiplying, right? There arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that the widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. Not to get into all the details, but, but even more so than today, widows of that time, they needed help. And maybe you're like, what are you calling those one widows? Like Hellenistic, what are you, what's that all about? All that means is that from the Greek culture. So you've got Jews who are widows, and they grew up in the Greek culture, but they are now Christians. And you also now have the Hebraic Jews. Those who were Jews, they grew up in the Palestinian, what we would know of as the Palestinian culture, but they are now Christians. Now, the, 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 the Hebraic Jews, they were getting food given to them, but the Hellenistic Jews were not. We have racism, and this is inside the church. We've never experienced this before, have we? What are they going to do? This is a serious threat. But remember, all the pressure that was on the apostles, that they grew from 500 to 15,000 or more, They've got all this pressure on them. What are they going to do? Then the twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, it will not be right for us to give up preaching about God to handle 
financial matters. And maybe you're like, wow, that's a little bit direct. Well, first of all, apostles have a tendency to be direct because they are just direct, hard-charging people. All right? They have to in order to go into new places. But second of all, this is Luke telling the story. Luke was not here. He is telling the story based on the stories that he received from the apostles themselves. So when we tell a story, we're more direct with the story, right? And so here the apostles say, look, this is a serious problem. But we cannot stop teaching people in order to handle this, this problem. So therefore... Brothers, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the preaching ministry. Look, they're trying to figure this out on their own. They have no church growth conferences. They have no denomination. They have no other pastors in which to go talk to. They don't even have the Bible. Think about this. They don't even have the Bible. They are the Bible, right? They don't have the Bible because they're living out the stories we now call the Bible. And there's no story of, of, of okay, now turn to the story in the Old Testament that teaches us how to bring 15,000 people into community. There's no story like that. Nothing. So they're figuring out, on top of this, how Jesus, according to the Old Testament, is the Messiah. They're studying this. They're figuring this out on their own now. And, 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 they have 15,000 people to teach. And now you've got a serious problem arise in the church. Holy cow, right? Oh, speaking of cow, thank you. Thank you, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Looking forward to that. Anyway. Where was I? 15,000 people. Yes. So they said, let's get seven people, let's get seven people, and let's solve this problem. The people, the people that they chose, the proposal pleased the whole company. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procorius, Nicanor, Timon, Perminius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. They had laid, they had laid them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. How do we surf in the long haul? We get, some, we get some ideas from the story. First of all, see the need. First of all, see the need. A need arose. They didn't create this ministry because they foresaw this need. Or we need something to keep the widows happy. Or we need something to keep the Christians happy. This was a serious injustice. This was racism that cropped up inside the church and they had to take care of it. Now, Church today, church today, by and large, has become a, a product producer, and their mission is keep Christians happy. Christians, guess what? The church is not here to make you happy. You are the church. If the church's mission is to make Christians happy, what we do is we produce products, we spiritualize it by calling them ministries. We produce products in order to attract Christians and keep them. That was not God's mission for the church. And when we start doing that, it is a slow, eventually painful death. Now, we can get money because people fund that stuff. 
But that's not God's mission for the church. God's vision for the church is to be a people who has their doors open so that non-fans, people who are far from God, can stream and find God. That's the vision. And the mission is us fleshing that out as a group of people. And so this threat had direct implication to that, right? If non-Christians looked at the church and said, there's racism and injustice inside the church, why would I ever want to be a part of that? That's a problem, right? That's a problem. So a need cropped up inside the church that was a serious threat, and they met that need. They didn't start a ministry. They didn't start a product. They met a need that had a direct threat to the mission and the advancement of the Gospels in the church. But the apostle looked at that and goes, holy cow, we've got our hands full with just teaching people how, how, who Jesus is. And we can't handle this. So they got seven guys who saw the need. Who saw the need. You have to see a need in order to meet it. Look, here at Crosspoint, we don't want to get complex. We want to make it simple. Sunday morning, small group, and serve people. Can you just do that as a church? Yeah, you can. Well, we want to attract people. We want to attract Christians that want something to do every night of the week. See, non-Christians look at the church and say, I'm too busy for that. If I have to be up there every night of the week, too busy for that. Instead, we want you to get out in the community. Be a part of ball teams. Play ball on Wednesday night. (gasps) It's okay. It's okay. There's nothing special about Wednesday. You have a tournament on the weekend? Go have fun. Be among the people who need Jesus. It's okay. It's bigger than showing up at church, right? It's being a people who care about those who are far from God. I know, I just said some blasphemous things according to the status quo in seminary, in denomination, and etc. But we've got to see the need and meet it. See, when we see the need, that'll help us stand the test of time because we're passionate towards the need. If we see a need, we're passionate towards it. And that will help us, as Paul said, pour ourselves out for that need. Second of all, find the right people. How do we last the long haul? Find the right people. Look, typically in church, you've got a committee on committees. Anybody know, have any idea what I'm just talking about there? Anybody? Anybody? Jack knows. Yeah, a few of us, a few of us. See, this was a committee. This is a committee that goes around and ropes people into serving on another committee for three years. And when your time is done, I don't care about your gifting, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I could care less about your gifting. You're going to serve in this committee for three years. Come hell or high water, three years. 
and then you're going to rotate off in the name of fairness. I don't care about your gifting. You could be great at this. This could be your Holy Spirit moment. You've got to rotate off. It's not finding the right people. Finding the right people, according to this, what they did is people of character, good reputation. A lot of times the Committee on Committees threw that out too, right? Because we've got to fill this spot. And the lost people looking in the church goes, yeah, him. Really? People of good reputation, good character. Second of all, competent. It said they were full of wisdom. Now that implies that they looked at some people and go, mm-mm. How could you say such a thing? A couple of things. First of all, they might not have had wisdom for this area, right? We do this in church as well. You know nothing about this, but we'll put you in charge. Why do we do that? Just to be nice. Second of all, that might mean they need to grow in wisdom, right? We all grow in wisdom. And see, the thing is, is a 25-year-old can be more wise than a 50-year-old, right? Wisdom has nothing to do with age. And third, desire. They had a desire for this. They said they were full of the Holy Spirit. See, when a need arises and the Spirit wants us to fulfill that need, what will He give us? A desire, and an intense desire, a burning desire, a, de- a-, a desire that's within us that, o- that really says, I will be sinning if I don't do something about this. Right? See, we put people in charge of stuff that has no desire for it. That's why people burn out. As Dave Ramsey says, you have to be on fire in order to burn out. Right? If we put people in charge of stuff that's not in fire for it, it's not burnout. There's no fire to begin with. So we've got to put people who see the need, have a good reputation, who have wisdom for the need, and who have a Holy Spirit burning to make it happen. And thirdly, how do we stand the test of time in this? Have the right plan. Have the right plan. From the apostles' perspective, their plan was this. It was 30,000 foot perspective, all right? They were looking down on this going, look, we can't give up teaching these people in order to, to feed these people. So the apostles' plan were, was, we're going to teach these people and pray. Be ready for this. You're going to do this. Now, you know what's interesting? In Acts, this problem is never, ever, ever mentioned again. To me, that tells me that these seven people took care of the problem. Never, never mentioned again. I think these guys, these seven people, came up with a plan on how to take care of the problem. And part of that plan, part of that plan was that more than just them was going to take care of the problem. How do I know this? Because the next chapters, and we'll see this next week, that Stephen and Philip went on to do bigger things. Preaching the gospel. Stephen was the first martyr. Philip, there's some weird things that happened with Philip. We'll look at that next week. Teaser, come back next week. See, part of the the plan was that 
no one of those seven guys that it all rested on. See, a lot of times in church, we kind of, here's the Sunday school class, right? And now you have to teach this group of people every week for the next 90 years. You can't die because then we'd have to find a new teacher. So it's like weekend at Bernie's. They're just propped up in the corner teaching the class. We need rest, right? We need time off. We need, we need to be able to th- think and process. That's why we go with the team culture here. So that not one thing depends on one person. They can step away. That's part of the plan. See the plan or see the need. Get the right people. Get a plan to meet the need. And if that works, if the need goes away, you kill the sacred cow, right? Again, in Baptist life, that's blasphemy. But you move on. There's new needs, right? So really, the punchline is this. Those of you that are new here, those of you that are new here, um, last few weeks or whatever, here's one of the things that we want to guarantee you. Everyone has a place. Everyone has a place. To start off with, everyone has a seat. No names on the seats. You'll never have anybody come up to you and say, this is my seat. If you do, come talk to me. We'll help them not sit down for a while. Why we brought Paul in, right? Yeah. Bouncer Paul. <clears throat> First of all, you have a seat. Second of all, you have a group. There's a group. We don't, we don't have a ton of them right now. We, 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 we want to keep adding groups, but everyone has a group. And third, everyone has a role. You have gifts, you have talents, you have desires, you have things that the Spirit have put in you to help solve, to, 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 to help advance the kingdom. The Spirit has put inside of you gifts, skills, talents, desires in order to solve needs, in order to advance the gospel. Every single one of you. There are times you do need rest and you just need to soak in what the church can offer people. But then what? And why? Right? Why? So much easier just to sit in a chair. Why? Verse 7 tells us this. So the preaching about God flourished. The number of the disciples in Jerusalem multiplied greatly, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. See, this kind of seems like a random story, doesn't it? We don't see any other story like this in Acts. And this is interesting that, that, that Luke said, so the preaching about God flourished. Look, this story isn't about preaching, is it? It's about feeding people. But Luke ties it together. Because they got this right, the gospel was able to advance and more people got saved. Because they got this feeding program correct, People were able to get saved. Why serve? 
the more servers we have, the more the gospel advances. The more servers we have, the more the gospel advances. Smarter dude than me. I I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but it's the Prieto principle. Some of you know this. It's also called the 80-20 principle. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Some people complain about that. I can't believe it. It's life. So if you have one person serving, they can serve four sitters. Now, some of those sitters can be Christians that aren't serving at that particular point in time or Christians who need healing and that sort of thing. But mostly, we want two, three, all four of those to be those seeking out the gospel. So if you bring one of these over here, you're like, now you have two and three. No, 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 no. What ends up happening, it's exponential. Because you have two servers, you now can have eight sitters. Eight people just taking it in, figuring it out. When you have 20 workers, servers, you can have 80 sitters to make 100. We have 54 people who consider themselves team members here at Crosspoint. Times that by four. It's over 200 people. Two major things cause a church not to grow. People serving and building. And actually, what I said to a group this morning was that our building actually decapitates our serving. Because we have a greater serving capacity than we do building capacity. And we're starting to pray and talk about how to solve that. And what that also means is that we are underutilizing our people. Because there's not a big enough mission to go, mm, go for it. But maybe some of you aren't serving and you're ready to get in the game. Ready to help. Because God have us, has us here right now to incubate, to get ready, to prepare for that next step. Will you help us prepare for that next step? Seek out a team lead. Myself, teaching team lead. I deal with the teaching ministry. I use that word, the teaching stuff and, and kind of the, the environment stuff out there. Phil with the worship team. He's the worship team lead. Uh, uh, Paul with the connection team lead, which is like the greeters and the hospitality and the follow-up and things like that. We need some people to, bo- uh, to, to, to boost that uh, team. Uh, and also the, the, the student team lead. Nicole with the children's uh, team. Needing people to give in to kids. From the nursery up, they need to recognize that more than their parents love them. And if kids come here that they don't feel like their parents love them, that there are adults that love them unconditionally and that build into them a foundation of who God is and their admin team lead things like finances and budgets and all numbers and all that if you like geek out on that stuff see Shelley we could actually make it easier but we need that desire to be there it's not enough just to get numbers serving We need people who have the desire 
to meet the need. Is that you? Like I said, we have a ton of people already, by percentage, who do. How about you? Get involved with something that's already happening. And see how God can use you to see people far from Him come to Him. Because the better, the days ahead are better for Crosspoint than even what we've passed behind. Will you be the one to step up? Let's pray. Then, Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, and I just pray that you will guide us into exactly what you want from us from serving. Lord, we just thank you for those who do serve and have stepped up. I pray, Lord, that we can better utilize those that we have. Continue to move us, continue to, to, to incubate us and, and prepare us for the days ahead. In your name we pray. Amen.